Well, we're in our uh, third week here of a series called Good Shepherd. Everybody say Good Shepherd. Actually say this, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it like, say like it's yours. That's for real. Okay. Say the Lord is my shepherd. Let's go ahead here and we're going to read this uh, 23rd Psalm here in a moment. Realize first of all, let me just touch on this from last week. We need a shepherd. And that whole imagery, that metaphor of shepherd and sheep, we're the sheep. And I just hate to break it to you again, but sheep are not the brightest critters out there. Okay. And so we need a shepherd and we have a good shepherd, a great shepherd of our souls. And, uh, not only do we have him, he's glad to have us. And we saw last week that he loves us in a way that we really, um, we don't fully comprehend. I said it in our, in our prayer just, just a moment ago too. And I believe it is what God wants the takeaway for each of us to be today is that you would leave here today with comfort and you'd leave today with some confidence. How many of you could use one or both, some more of those, okay? And so just dial in here with me. Let's, let's read the 23rd Psalm together. It'll be on the screen for you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's some good stuff right there. I'll tell you, that's some good stuff. Amen. It is one of the most well-known, most beloved Psalms, and I want us to avoid the danger that goes with that. And that is that we get so familiar with it that we can just by rote, just by memory, just go through that and lose the real heart, the real power, the meaning of that. And so that's why we're taking our time looking at this, the Good Shepherd, and basing it in the 23rd Psalm. There's a a book, copyright 1953, called I Shall Not Want. And the author recounts this. He tells about a Sunday school teacher who asked her group of children if any of them could quote the entire 23rd Psalm. A little four-and-a-half-year-old girl was among those who raised their hands. A bit skeptical, the teacher asked her if she really could quote the entire psalm. She assured the teacher that she could. So the little girl came to the podium, faced the class, made a little curtsy, and said, The Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. She then curtsied again and sat down. She may have overlooked a few verses, but I think that little girl captured David's heart in Psalm 23. The idea throughout the psalm is that we are utterly contented in the shepherd's care and that nothing else can even match what we would desire. Amen. Everybody say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, speaking of Sunday school, um, I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago when I was a little kid and we were all officially heathen. But my brother and I went to a little church that my mom would point us out to. And I remember being a little kid in Sunday school classroom. And uh, my teacher was Mrs. Cogburn. 
and Mrs. Cogburn would use flannel graph. And uh, so that's what I'm excited to tell you today is we are doing flannel graph today, people. We are doing flannel graph. And I'm especially excited. I mean, I had a hard time going to sleep last night thinking about this. Because in Miss Cogburn's Sunday school class, if you were good in class, then she would get you, she would let you come up and put something up there, move or something. So I'm excited because today's the first time I get to, I get to do some flannel graph. All right. So let me, let me try here to get this all out here for you. We got in the camera, if they'll follow me here, we got some, some sheep. Technology has nothing on this. So we got some sheep. Here's a couple of little ones. And here's some still water. And let's see, we got, here's some more still water. Actually, that's a better still water. And we got some bushes. And we've got shepherd and he's supposed to be sitting on a rock but I didn't have a rock okay so he's he's awesome just pretend okay come on all right we're going to come back to this in a little bit but just let this kind of represent so far you know and help us to illustrate here the good shepherd everybody say the good shepherd shepherd. now in Psalm 23 verse 1 in the amplified Bible we'll come back to this in a moment I know y'all are eager It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, help me out on this, to feed, guide, and shield me, I shall not lack. So let's read it one more time. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield. Very good. So the Hebrew word for shepherd um, it's ra'ah, and it's spelled R-A, a little apostrophe A. And it really means this whole idea to feed, to guide, to shield. The Greek New Testament word for shepherd, poimen, and it has the idea, the same kind of idea. But interesting about the Old Testament word for shepherd, where the, the 23rd Psalm is written, a, a secondary definition for shepherd includes this idea, special friend. Special friend. Isn't that beautiful? But we need a shepherd. Everybody say, I need a shepherd. And this is why you need a shepherd. You need a shepherd to feed you, to guide you, to shield you. Because if you don't have a shepherd, and I want you to go with the, the picture that we have going here of sheep and shepherd. If you, if you don't have a shepherd, you're going to starve or you're going to eat the wrong stuff. In New Zealand, which is a, a big place where sheep are raised... There is a type of grass there. Um, it's, it's bluish. It's a little bit different. A shepherd can tell the difference. But if, shepherd, if the sheep rather drift on over into that grass needed, it will actually poison them. It can even kill them. And the shepherd has to keep them away from that, from that grass. He has to keep them in good grass so that they're not like, but I'm so hungry. And they go over and do that. How many of you know, though, that in life, we sometimes, if we're not focused on the shepherd, we eat some crud, you know? And I'm not talking about, you know, beanie weenies and donuts. I'm, I'm, uh, that's, that's crud too. But how I many you know it tastes so good, you know? <laughs> I wish the rule was if it tasted good, it's good for you. Come on. It'd be that way in heaven, I'm pretty sure. But, but um, um, we're, we're, we're prone to just eat 
eat junk, you know, spiritually and soulishly. Also, sheep have a tendency to wander. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone goes to his own way. It's just the nature of the critter that, that we tend to wander. And so we need to be guided. Otherwise, we're going to get lost. We're going to end up in the, in the wrong place. And then lastly is to shield. We have to be protected. Sheep cannot protect themselves. And so there are things out there to devour us, to injure us. And so we need a shepherd. Everybody say, I need a shepherd. We need a shepherd so that he can feed us, guide us, and shield us. Now, the other day, um, just reading over the 23rd Psalm again and just kind of thinking through it and starting early prep for, for this week, I was reading. And I noticed that in the 23rd Psalm, there's a lot of movement. There's travel involved. Let me just point it out because I want to make a point of something here. Um, first of all, the green pastures, you'd have to find that. So that would involve some trouble. Then he leads me, leads me. There's some movement there besides still waters. Leads me in paths of righteousness. There's some more movement. Paths of righteousness in the new living actually means the right paths. And then we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's some travel there. And then there's a banquet set up. He prepares a table uh, for me in the presence of my enemies. And so that is not by the green pastures and the still waters. So that's another place we had to get to. And then, uh, surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me all the days of my life. So there's some movement going on there. And then guess where we ultimately end up at? His house. His house. How long are we going to be there? Forever. Forever. Isn't that good news? And so there's a lot of travel involved. Now think about this. If you have a smartphone or some kind of GPS thing in your car or whatever, and you're wanting to find directions somewhere, um, you have to somehow key in or let it know, I want to go here. And to get there, uh, then it will ask you as a secondary kind of thing, um, would you like to use your current location? Okay. So your current location, that it has to do with where you are right now. And so what we want to do is get from where we are to a destination of a better place and ultimately to the house of the Lord. But all along the way, we do want things to get better. I really do not subscribe to a religion uh, or a Christianity that is just intent on things are going to get worse and things are going to get worse. Yes, things will get darker and darker in the world, but read the Bible. Please read the Bible. Don't just follow into it. Things get darker and darker on, on the earth, but... The glory of the Lord will be seen. It's risen on his people. And and God takes us from faith to faith and victory to victory and strength to strength. There will be struggle. There are going to be greater challenges and all of that. Alicia was talking about that. But the thing is, the greatness of his grace exceeds all of those things. And so we want to keep yourself looking up. He is the glory and the what? And the lifter of our head. Amen. So as we're going... Wherever the destination be. If you're in pain, what would your next destination be? The doctor. Feel better. Okay? Uh, Yes, we're okay with docs. Okay? But, I mean, the ultimate goal is to what? Feel better. Okay? So, if you're hungry, come on, feel better. You know, you want to get somewhere. But you have to start at your current location. So, Go with me on this. Let's think about your current location. That really has to do 
What is your life like right now? What are your circumstances? What are the situations and issues, the problems of your life right now? You know what? It might be health. Let's talk about this. It might be health. It might be you don't feel good. Maybe you've, you're waiting to get in to see the doctor, waiting for test results back. Maybe you got them back. Maybe you're waiting on a diagnosis. Maybe you've got the prognosis. Maybe you're, you're just worried about it. How many of you have ever worried about something before with your health? You know, it's probably about three times a year I'm sure I'm going to die. Come on, you got a pain in your side and then it hits you a half hour later. Uh, it's probably a tumor. And, and I'm not making light of tumors, you know, but I'm just, how many of you sometimes our mind just kind of triggers that way? Probably going to die. And then you start being nice to people and then you feel better and then you get ugly again. All right. Um, health. And then some of you, you know, real deal. And we're not, we're, make, we're not making light of it. And then finances. You know, one of the leading causes for divorce is the stress that comes with financial trouble and problems. And we're living in a new normal in our, in our world. And one day you're going to hear on the news it's going up. And the next day here it's going down. And then you hear it's flat and it's going down and it's going up. And it's just all over the place. And so what do you do? You better get centered on who your source is. You've got to have that very clear who, who your source is. But, you know, that stress is very, very real. And you're not, you're not even trying to get your ends to meet. You're just wishing there was an end somewhere that you could grab, grab hold of sometimes. That's a very real current location. And then sometimes your relationships, your family, your marriage, you and your kids, whatever it would be, you and your parents, you know, there can be some real stress and strain involved in that. That could be your current location. And you know what? That weighs heavy, doesn't it? That weighs heavy. And then crisis. Sometimes some things just come to you. You know, you didn't ask for that. And then you find yourself with some kind of tragedy or trauma in your life. That, that can be a situation. Or crisis because you made it a crisis. You did something wrong. You made a, a, a poor choice. You painted yourself in the corner, perhaps. Um, and then others pile in on that. I mean, we could go on and on of defining what that current location would be. Or maybe everything is just hunky-dunky. Everything is just swell. And, and you really would like God to help prolong that and preserve that for your life. So this has to do with our current location. And here's the thing. Whatever that is in your life, that current... Try to illustrate it here. Your current location, the issues, the threats... The problems in your life. Here, let's go here. We got, we got a snake. Come on, y'all, get excited. This is flannel graph. We got a bear. And I didn't have a lot of these, but this one's pretty scary. It's a two-headed horse. I mean, you know, that's pretty scary. How many of you have some problems that resemble that two-headed horse? <laughs> Typically a relationship problem, you know, but whatever. But see, we've got, we've got all of these things going on. And we're going to come back to this in just a second. But we've got threat here. What do you need in this situation? We need a shepherd. Everybody say, I need a shepherd. Now, keep that in mind. We'll come back to it in a moment. The shepherd will make you to lie down. Now, to make you lie down... That's not forcing you to lie down. You know, my oldest son, Lee, when he was a little guy, he would not stay in bed. We'd put him in bed. We'd tell him a story. We'd sing him a song. We'd pray for everybody, get water, get his vitamin. We'd do all, all this stuff 
tuck him in, got him all. All right, good night, buddy. Kiss him on the head and go out and sit down. Next thing, he's right here. (laughs) Buddy, I put you in bed. I know, we didn't pray for Momo. All right, let's pray for Momo. So we would go put him back in bed. Go back out. He's right there again. I didn't get a vitamin C. We'll give you a vitamin C and then put him back in bed. And then Alicia and I really thought somebody needs to invent bed glue. Yeah. So we would have to make him lie down. That's not the kind of lying down we're talking about. Nor is this rodeo. You know, he's not talking about rodeo that he's going to lasso you, take your legs out from underneath you, and then, you know, manhandle you and make you lie down. It's not like that at all. Here's the issue. A sheep will not lie down if they're hungry. They will not lie down if they're thirsty. They will not lie down if they're agitated. They could be agitated by a lot of things. Bugs, gnats, different things swarming and biting them. Burrs, briars, different things like that would get stuck in their, in their wool. Um, and the fourth thing would be this. They won't lie down if they're afraid. And sheep are easily spooked. And some of the reading I was doing about sheep, it said that they can all be standing there just happy as can be. And then a jackrabbit comes out of the bushes and they run off. They don't even know why they're running. Remember in our story who the sheep are again? It's us. And we won't lie down. We don't rest. We don't find peace if we're hungry spiritually and in our soul. If we're thirsty so to speak, if we're agitated, if we're afraid, we won't lie down. And here's what has to happen then. If the Lord, our shepherd, makes us to lie down, it means one of two things, that either he resolves the problem, he resolves that hunger, that thirst, that agitation, that fear, or he so assures us, I am with you, that you will lie down and you will rest. So thank God for a good shepherd. Amen. Now, ultimately then, your current location, remember we talked about all those things, your current location, that's not really the issue. The real issue is this, do you have a shepherd? You tell me, do you have a shepherd? Do you have a good shepherd? Okay, and I'm talking about the good shepherd. Do you have a good shepherd? That's the issue. That's the issue. That is what makes all the difference. The presence of a shepherd makes all the difference. Because if we've got a snake, a bear, a two-headed horse, as long as the shepherd's there, guess what? You will be okay. You'll be able to lie down and rest because you know what? He will take care of it. He will either chase them off, whack them good, do something to them, Or he will stand between you and them. So it's either he resolves it or he says, I'm with you. But here's the difference. Take the shepherd out of your current location. Now you're in trouble. Now you're hurting for certain. This is a whole different picture without the shepherd. So this is the thing. It's not so much what your current location looks like. It's do you have a shepherd in that picture? Do you have the good shepherd there with you to resolve situations or to walk with you through those situations? That's your bottom line. Amen. Listen to this. Nothing quiets our souls like knowing that the shepherd is here. Nothing quiets our souls like knowing that the shepherd is here. Now, he's not only our shepherd 
to feed us, to guide us, to shield us. I want you to know who he is, okay? Um, he's not just this, this guy. And I've got to be honest with you. I hope Jesus looks a little more together than flannel graph man. <laughs> it's not just that image that we have. It's not just the things that we've seen on movies or, or miniseries or things like that. You need to know who really is this good shepherd. And I want to look, and we actually alluded to this in one of our songs this morning. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 16 and 17, watch this. They, say that's me, they will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun for or because, watch this, the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. The lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Isn't that beautiful? Now get this. He is not only our shepherd. He is the lamb, get this, who sits on the throne of heaven. Let me reverse that a little bit so this makes sense. The lamb who sits on the throne of heaven is our shepherd. Now I see you're not getting the full import of this yet. The lamb who he's the one to be worshiped. He's the only one that is worthy. He's the lamb of God who did it all for us. He now is elevated, exalted, and sits on the throne of heaven. Stop right there. Throne of heaven. What would he have access to? Everything, anything. And so he, the lamb, hold up, the lamb seated on the throne of heaven, he has chosen to be our shepherd. And let me tell you what that means for you and I. That means that he, the lamb of God, seated on the throne of heaven, is now our shepherd at our current location. And he will do things for you. Bookmark right there, okay? He will do things for you. Remember that. We're living in a day where religion and culture and media has boxed in and made God historic. They're saying that he did things and he did things and he did things and he did things. The Jews would tell their children about going through uh, the Red Sea and how God parted the waters and how he caused the walls of Jericho to vaporize. And they would tell that in such a way. They would keep that vivid and fresh to their children. That their children knew that God who did that, God would still do that. They felt like they had gone through the red water and and, uh, the Red Sea and had seen walls come down and enemies slain and all of those things. And what you and I have to realize is while culture and media have tried to box God and say he is historic and he did things and they'll allow that, you need to understand this. He is the same God today that he was then, yesterday, today, forever. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Tim, you. He's the God of Elisha. Remember the the younger prophet said, where is the Lord God of Elisha? And he showed up and he does miracles. Okay, the lamb who's seated on the throne of heaven, who is the good shepherd for you and I, where we are in current location, will do things for you. Let's go back to our bookmark. He will do things for you 
He will resolve things for you. He will accompany you, listen to this, in ways that you won't be able to explain. He's able to do some things for you that are supernatural. They're going to be on, but how did that happen? I don't know, but God somehow came through for me. God somehow fixed it for me. God somehow got rid of a two-headed horse for me. Are, are you hearing me? All right, let's prove it. Let's prove it. In this place, and don't anybody fudge on this. In this place, how many of you have ever had God, your physical situation, sickness, disease, some kind of something, horrible wreck, whatever it would be, and you thought it's over, or there's no way to get better from this, and God came through for you, and, God, and, and we're down the road now, and you don't know completely how he did it, but he did it for you. Could I please see your hands in this place? Exalt God this morning. Exalt God for that this morning. All right, hold on. How many, how many of you have been in a situation before financially? There is no way for us. This is just not going to work. I, I can't make this happen. I, I can't make a, I don't know what to do to make this happen. And you just think it, it's all going to come apart and you're all going to go under. And then before you know it, you're three, four months down the road. It's taken care of and you're going on. And then you remember, oh my goodness. And you don't even know how it happened. You can't explain how it happened, but God came through. For, could I see your hands on that? You should be encouraged by this today. How many of you have been in some hopeless situations? Things got broken in family. In relationships, maybe in your marriage, maybe between parents and children, children and parents, brother, sister, whatever it be, some broken things, painful, and you know what? And then you thought, there's, there's, there's no way this, this can't be fixed. But God somehow came through and he mended things and he melted hearts and he healed and he brought things back together. Anybody in this place this morning? All right? How many of you have ever blown it before? You did it, not somebody else. You did it. You messed up. You made bad decisions. You painted yourself in the corner. You thought, I'm sunk. And even the purpose of God that he had for me, I'm just over. I I can't do it. I, I have now ruined things. But then somehow God, somehow God made a way over the course of time through some wisdom, through some help, and he got you back to a place where you're fruitful and, and, and doing something worthwhile. Come on, is there anybody at all in this place today? What I'm trying to tell you is the lamb who's seated on the throne of heaven has chosen to be my shepherd and chosen to be your shepherd. And it's not based on your performance. It's not based on the color of your skin, your size, your age, your background, where you're from, what you've done, good or bad. It's not based on thing, on those things. It's based upon this, that you were created in the likeness and the image of God and he loves you and he's committed to you forever. That shepherd, that shepherd is with you. And he's not just with you, he's able. And you and I are going to have to start to expect, just expect, he's with me. Everybody say, the Lord is my shepherd. When you know the Lord is your shepherd, then you, you, just, you just better know this, knowing that he, who he is. You just might as well expect he's going to do some supernatural things. He's going to do some things I can't explain, but I will rejoice forever over. Amen, amen. Now, Let me wrap this up. 
It's really not a, a question of his presence. Follow me on this. It's not a question of his presence. It's not a question of his ability. It really comes down to this. Our awareness of his presence and his ability. Listen to me. The Lord is my shepherd. He will take care of you. He does take care of you. Are y'all getting this today? So it's not a question of, is he with me? How many of you know sometimes you feel like he's not with you? How many of you know he is with you? It's not a question of, does he have the power? Does he have the ability to beat, I mean, really beat a two-headed horse? Or whatever your situation would be. It's not a question of his presence. It's not a question of his ability. It's a question of our awareness. So I want to just lead you through something as we, as we finish up here this morning. You're going to have to create that awareness. And keep yourself reminded of that awareness. Because here's the truth. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You are never without help. You are never alone. He's with you. He's your good shepherd. So here's what you need to do daily. Everybody say daily. Daily. In your prayers. How many of you pray daily? Well, you should. You should. In your daily prayers, in your daily declarations. Do you make declarations over your life? You should. Here's the reality. You actually do. You're either going to do it in a very faith-filled way or you're going to do it in a real negative way. Some of you go, I hate Monday. I hate my job. Traffic's always bad. I never get promotions. Nothing ever goes. You know what you're doing? You're just declaring garbage over your life. You don't sound like someone who's got a good shepherd. You need to daily declare some things. Daily prayer, daily declaration. And here's another thing. Internal dialogue. Do you know what that is? You're talking to yourself. How many of you do that? You know, that doesn't mean you're crazy. I'm not saying that you're not, but that, that. So what happens is daily, everybody say daily. Daily when I pray and daily when I declare over my life and daily as I go through my day and there's internal dialogue, it had better include this. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I mean, stuff's going to come up. Weird critters are going to show up in your yard. Things are going to happen. This is not promised you smooth sailing. Read the psalm. You're going to walk through some deep, sunless valleys sometimes. And that'd be a whole different story if there's no shepherd there. But he said, even if I walk through the dark, sunless valley, the valley of the shadow of death... I will fear no evil. That's a declaration. I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm really tough. No, because he's with me. His rod and his staff to comfort me, to protect me. It's that kind of good shepherd. Here's the deal. Awareness of it. He is with you. He is able. It's a matter of us keeping ourselves in that awareness. And let me just say this. Nothing quiets your heart like knowing that the good shepherd is with me and he is with you. Everybody say it. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I get a little possessive and selfish about it. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. One more time. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.